So the tech companies enter, they bring in the streaming model, they have all this money behind them from the tech investors in Wall Street. And then that forces the rest of the industry to remake itself around this model that the tech industry is pushing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bituation Room podcast live. My name is Francesca Fiorentini. I'm your host. It's so good to have you here. I hope you're keeping cool. I hope you are making friends with people with pools and never letting go. Never let that person go ever. You do everything for them now. You're like you fold their laundry. You know what I'm saying? That's what I've been trying to do, but like in a non-stocky way. It's very difficult. It's a hard line to ride. Um, we have such a good show for you uh, today. Um, we're probably not going to get to the news that Trump once again is going to be indicted, but like, ugh, God, it's so boring at this point, you know, like give him COVID again. Um, but we are going to get into what is going on with the actor strike joining the writers. So SAG-AFTRA on strike. Um, and we'll talk about your second favorite, Fran. Uh, and then we are also going to talk about, you know, uh, RFK Jr. Floating just a little light, I don't know, like, uh, you know, just a little light, like um, medical racism. But 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 not, but yes, but kind of, but I don't know. What, did anyone... Was were people listening? Shit. Uh, so we'll talk about what RFK Jr. said recently about COVID nineteen, uh, and we are going to have Paris Marx join us uh, for a discussion about AI. Um, can they replace actors? How are studios trying to do that? But of course, it's been a while since we had Paris on the show, so we'll talk about uh, Elon Musk. What's going on with Twitter? Uh, will Threads save us? And also, why was Congress so hard on the TikTok CEO? Suddenly they can grill people in tech. Who knew? Um, so I'm very excited to have him on a little bit later. Uh, and then finally, we have a, a very fun final segment. Uh, bringing back my, one of my favorite segments, which is the Cringies. The award for the cringiest clip of the week. And with me for this entire thing is a comic I've been trying to get on for so long. Uh, also a newly minted dad. But Hari Kondabolu is here. Very excited to have him. He's uh, back with a new special or out with a new special. He's out. He's around. He's crushing it. So he's going to join me very, 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 very soon. Uh, but for now, everybody, remember that this show relies on you. You uh, and your support every single month. Uh, do that by becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room, which gets you a listen back and a watch back of all the bonus episodes, which is live on Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, same time, YouTube and Twitch, same places. But if you miss it, I mean, last week we talked about the sea otter that is like, you know, scaring surfboard uh, surf surfboard riders. Why? Why can't I speak? Um, scaring surfers and obviously, you know, just they just want to learn. She just wants to learn. Um, she has an incredible origin story, so I got into that. Um, we talked uh, a bit about the actor strike. Then uh, we talked about Orange is the New Black. Uh, that was, uh, it's a very interesting sort of premonition for what was to come in the world of streaming. Also, just a little tip. I, I had a Matthew Remsky 
and Julian Walker of Conspirituality Pod on to talk to me about RFK Jr. and to talk about Marianne Williamson. That was a long conversation that also only available to patrons. If you want to know why Marianne is not actually that cool, even though she seems like she's cool, not cool, very sus. Patreon.com slash room. I see all you new patrons, and I am eternally grateful. Again, 10 bucks gets you that shout-out. You get 20% off of merch. We've got Franny Packs coming. That's right. We're going to do Fanny Packs. We're going to do Franny Packs. It's happening. Um, so get excited. Uh, everyone can buy merch, though. BituationRoom.com is where you go for that. But let's do it, y'all. Like and share. Do all the things. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. But... This is What Are You Bitching About? Okay, so this, uh, I will make it brief, but um, just further proof that Greg Abbott is a supervillain. He's absolutely a supervillain. He is evil as shit. And, um, you know, as I've said before, Mother Nature missed. He was put in a wheelchair by a tree that tried to kill him. And girl, we see you and we commend you, based tree. Um, but the reason I say he's a supervillain is he continues his attack on migrants in the state of Texas. And specifically, I don't know if you guys saw, this week, um, Texas state troopers are releasing buoys with spikes on them into the Rio Grande. So like, despicable me level shit but like if he was a real villain because like he's like not he's kind of like a cuddly villain but you know what i mean um like that like cartoonishly evil shit um that's not it though because here's a state texas trooper who is i don't know if you want to call it whistleblowing but telling the guardian that they're being told in texas to push children back into the water that's right so if a child, and specifically, they're talking about babies. So that if they come across them in the Rio Grande, they're being told to push them back into the water and also deny water to anyone who's struggling. You know, the like all of those, uh, you know, coyotes and drug runners. I mean, sorry, uh, uh, moms with babies who are nursing at their breast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... This is a trooper medic from the State Department of Public Safety expressing concern over inhumane actions in an email to supervisors that the Chronicle first reported on. Um, the trooper called for policy changes to prevent injury to uh, migrants, including removing bar barrels wrapped in razor wire. Okay, it's not even spikes. It's not like razor wire. Fuck you, Greg Abbott. I'm sorry. Let's just say that very loudly right now. Like, this is... It's not just inhumane. It is evil. These are people who care about families. Um, no, you don't care about shit. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more dead migrants, the better my election, you know, electoral chances are in the future. Um, amazing. Uh, once again, deterrence doesn't work, people. There is, there is no halfway mark on this, right? Because Democrats have been ceding tons of territory and ground to Republicans on the issue of the border. Every time... Right. It's like, oh, we passed DACA. Um, well, that means we have to build a higher, you know, more fences or more barriers. It's like Democrats keep on selling out uh, immigrants 
in exchange for more border uh, in exchange for border militarization. They're like, okay, you can legalize a certain number of people, but then we're going to have to, we're going to put rabid hawks on the border. Like, okay. So again, this is a, this is a democratic failure as well as a Republican failure. And I'm so sick of it. And, and the last thing I'm going to say, because we got to move on. Um, but Biden has a role to play here and he better fucking play it. Um, it is, ICE and Customs and Border Patrol are under federal jurisdiction. So what are you doing, man? Why don't you root out the psycho MAGA white supremacists in that force? That's number one. I understand the Texas State Troopers are different. Like, you might not have jurisdiction over there. But the people who will come first the people are going to be the CBP and ICE. ICE, which, by the way, doesn't even want to exist. Like, remember that story where ICE was like, I think we need to be abolished. Um, because... People hate us. And he's like, yeah, we do. We do, and we want to abolish you. Um, CBP is completely out of control. CBP is, again, they are like a, a, a biker gang for MAGA on the border. And they've been rogue for a long time now. So what are we doing about it? Um, there is a role to play, and I hope Biden can, can do that because this is absolutely egregious and awful. Anyway, yay, happy summer. <laughs> Let's bring in my guest. Uh, he is a comedian, a writer, a podcaster based in Brooklyn, New York. He wrote the film The Problem with Apu, and he co-hosted Politically Reactive with W. Kamel Bell. Also, a bunch of other stuff. Hari, you've been all over. Um, Hari Kondabolu, what's up? Hi. Uh, nothing. I, if you hear a child in the background, that would be mine. He just returned uh, uh, from daycare. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just kind of... Trump. Does he come to daycare? Does he like loves it? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he like whines while we get him there, and you know, he gets there, and then he doesn't even say goodbye. Like he's like <laughs> the thing. Uh, and honestly, it's like we living like you know, none of us wanted to go to school, and then we get to school. Like, All our friends are here, you know. Yes, same thing. I'm yeah. still like I'm I'm like still thinking about that Greg Abbott story, so I'm a little like distracted just because. Like it, I'm like hearing you describe this, and I'm like, you just recreated Mario Brothers. That's your <laughs> yeah. plan for immigration. Just putting spikes on things. There's going to be yep. like fiery like uh, gates. Like it's yeah. just the most disgusting. Yeah, I know, I know. Or for me, it'd just be like the jump in and of itself was the oh. way I would die. I, I think I'm sure comics have made this joke, but like. <laughs> If you can get through the obstacle that is the like border policing in this country, you're in. That's it. Yes. You're allowed in. You get to stay. You you made it. There is no the idea that the that there's paperwork involved after you went through hell to get there. No, absolutely not. Yeah, like, it's a little I mean it, that now it's make, making it seem like fight clubby, but it, you know, it really is whether it's bureaucratically or physically getting into this country is like fight club. Oh, it's um, I mean, but I think it's important to like, the folks who go through all like who goes through all that unless there's something on the other side of it they really cannot stay for. There must be something going on, whether it's like their family is starving and there's no opportunities. There's nothing they can do. Why would you pay a coyote? Why would you, you know, yep. be stuck in the desert and be willing to risk it? I mean, so the idea that like you go through hell. And there are so many Americans here who went through nothing. 
I don't know why the Jake and Logan Paul are in my head when I say that, but like there is <laughs> when I You've think suffered. they just like they, You've they had get everything. to be here. Yeah, they, they get to be here. Well, that's you know, and it's said you're setting this up sort of for like a game show type situation where it's like, right. look, if you can travel from El Salvador into the United States, passing all of these, you know checkpoints and horrible gangs and then u.s border patrol um you know what i mean and like yeah have a an american like or u.s born citizen do the same thing have a migrant and then we just go and whoever like i guess makes it there first or in less amount of t whatever it is they get <laughs> to stay and if jake and logan paul can't make it well then they go bye-bye you know yeah i mean it's, it's it's just terrific and i just i'm trying to i don't know how they keep doing it Texas, they just like each governor since Ann Richards just gets worse and worse. So and bad. It's pretty impressive. Like how it, yeah. bad. Yeah. Absolutely. And like it's too huge to like, I don't know. I guess I have more soft spot in my heart for Texas than Florida. Sorry, Florida. But I'm like, Florida and <laughs> Texas, I'm like, we can work with you. It's massive. Beyonce's from there. Okay, let's go. Um, Beto's there. I don't hate Beto, but I'm just gonna put that out there. I does that make me a lib? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't hate him. Um, but Hari, what are you bitching about today? This is how we start off every episode. I mean, I'm I'm gonna start out with something that I think is a small thing, but speaks to a bigger thing. Please, like I, threads uh, on Instagram. <laughs> like, I just can't. Like, so Twitter, like, is done, and I'm like, this is great. Finally, this thing I wasted so much time with, right. and I and all that cloud I thought I built and. I'm like, whatever, it's done. No one's doing it. Like, there's a part of my brain that is open again to think creatively and not just for one single thought that I can put online and then forget about when that's a seed of something bigger, potentially. I feel like I've been wasting years of ideas I know. Like, for the instant gratification of, of Twitter. So now all of a sudden this threads thing pop, like this threads thing pops up. Which, by the way, is still fucking owned by Mark Zuckerberg. So let's not, you know, this isn't the the activist uh, Twitter. All right, this is like literally just Zuckerberg owned. But I joined the thing because I'm also a comic. So you know, there, it's comics and journalists, man. This is like my yeah. nexus. I mean, you know, you have to be there. But anyway, please. And are and, we? <laughs> well, what's what upsets? It's just, one. It's like you. Maybe this is generational too. But like you spend a career like writing and creative creating and you just want to be able to make your art and then all of a sudden you have to do a million other things that have nothing to do with your art like social media is not something i want like it didn't exist when i started but also i had no interest i have yeah. no interest in doing that's one thing secondly once you finally get somewhere with one of the social media platforms another one pops up and you're back at zero and you got to start again and it's like this isn't fair. Like this yep. doesn't make any sense. Like it's like they're like they're just made up numbers from place to place. And at the end of the day, I just want to make art. So it's just frustrating. So I hate the fact we got rid of the thing and then it kind of started over. And my right. worry is that it's going to be successful. Like there's a yeah. bunch of new Twitter type things start like it's blue sky, like a bunch of things. And I'm like, but do we need it though? Is the no. thing that I think thing. we'll we get into it. it. I mean, I will get into it with Paris a little bit, but it, it is just this content monster that's like more, 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 you know, like I did put like the seed of a joke, seed of a joke, needed writing. I was sort of like perusing some stuff, put it on TikTok, 
you know, film myself, put it on TikTok. It's got like 800,000 views, you know, it's doing really well, but that's not enough. They're just like more. And like 800,000 is nothing versus like if 800,000 people saw that bit in in real life, I could actually make some money, you know? So it is, again, it's that it's the algorithm wants to chew you up and spit you out. Fuck your art, which by the way, and we'll talk to Paris about this, but you know that stand up for, of course, in person stand up. But like joke writing is like the final frontier, like that it is AI is not able really to write a joke. I mean, luckily, even if they get to a place where they are able to write a joke, nobody wants my middling crap. So I think that I'm safe. But the <laughs> but the people that make money, like a lot of money, they're in trouble because that's probably the most you know, generally that ends up being the most formulaic, too. Right. So they no, of course. I, I feel like we're just, if they do crack it, we're like five years away from like, you know, I'm trying to think who would take an AI, like Delia's taking like an AI opener, you know, like she's hot <laughs> and she doesn't say no. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, to be fair, all of us would bring AI openers just to save the cost of the extra plane ticket and <laughs> hotel room. And like, this is not a, this is just the pure finance of, of touring on the road. Also, Francesca, <laughs> what you, you forgot to say uh-huh. was middling crap. Hurry, how could you call your stand-up middling crap? Well, I had no idea why you were saying, I was like, what? Why, why would you even, no, yes, why I would you fishing. say that? I was fishing. Hari's got a special out right now that yeah, he filmed in Brooklyn and it's amazing and he talks about being a dad and everyone needs to go check that out. Uh, 800 pound gorilla. do that but okay we will tbd bouncing ball until paris gets into this discussion but we have a couple of news stories a lot happened but only two things stood out in my heart this is the week where okay so this was the week where um rfk jr who is running as a democrat trying to primary Joe Biden, still unclear, supported by the likes of Steve Bannon. Um, I think Michael Flynn is even advising him. Um, married to actress Cheryl Hines, weird one. Um, that's that's always sort of b- bothered me. Anyway, jacked dude. Um, he was at a dinner at Tony's Di Napoli on East 63rd. Um, not sure if you're familiar, Hari, but... Uh, and it was so it was like a press dinner on the Upper East Side. And he took a moment to just sort of wax poetic about the biological, well, the design of COVID-19. He didn't really say it was a biological weapon, but he doesn't didn't not. And he particularly pointed to the to what he believes is a COVID passing over <laughs> Jewish. And Chinese people, I guess we're included in this. Um, take a look. We have we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, 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 the races that are most immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the, of, um, the genetic structure, of, of genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors, of the ACE2 receptor. Um, 
COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. And, but no oh, God. The Kennedy curse strikes in different ways, friend. And, <laughs> and this is how it had struck RFK. I like how his voice decided, I want no part in this. Uh, you, you can say whatever you want, but I'm not going to be a part of it. His voice has been trying to give out on him for a very long time. <laughs> it very much reminds me of, you know, Rush, how L Rush Limbaugh went. Um, but yeah, so there's something with the receptors, the race receptors in the DNA. Like, shot. Uh, the race science. Uh, God. So it's funny. It's funny also because, like, my first of all i'm chinese matt's jewish we both got covid okay that being said <laughs> we're only half so it's sort of like if i'm half chinese and he's half jewish maybe there's something there um <laughs> no i guess the real thing that bothers me is like just like it's 2023 stop trying to make race science happen yes and the fact that you still people still try to make race science happen is like you realize that's nazi shit, right like, not only is it scientifically completely incorrect that, like, we share as humans 99.999% of the same DNA. Remember, we share, like, 99.7% of the same DNA with, like, a chimpanzee or some shit. We share so much of the same DNA and our, like, ethnic and racial differences are, like, a point zero. It's nothing. It's whatever, 0.1%. It's nothing. And yet motherfuckers are so obsessed with being like, oh, but that one person. As if, yeah, as if, why is he trying to do the, like, anti-Semitic 9-11 thing, which is like, no Jews died on 9-11. Like, did you know? I mean, it. Uh, it's strange, you know, because it's not just simply race sciences. When he says targeting, like, yes. that's the, like, the targeting, the idea that there was some manipulation and it, it was a, a Chinese Zionist plot to destroy the world. Like, where do you talk? Like, honestly. And it's just so weird. Like, you can imagine him, like, at 2 in the morning, reading, the, going down the wormhole, reading the web pages that he's reading, and just writing stuff down. Like, this is it. This is the angle nobody else has. Absolutely. No, you're right. It's not race science in the superiority, but it is the, like, you can devise, according right. to him, like a bioweapon. Right. But that can target certain races like okay um i'm like well we'll see you know when we have the rise of another hitler uh if they can crack that code but so he decided to clarify on twitter which god i'm so the rue the day that we can post as long as we want on twitter and this was a multi-thread post he says the New York Times story, a New York Post story is mistaken. I've never ever suggested the COVID-19 virus was targeted to spare Jews. I actually pointed out during an off-the-record conversation that the U.S. and other governments are developing ethnically targeted bioweapons, and that a 2021 study of COVID-19 shows that COVID-19 appears to disproportionately affect certain races. It's like what? Since this is my favorite part, since the Furin Cleave docking site, you know, Harry, the, the Furin Cleave docking site that we all learned about. I'm pretty sure there's nothing. Maybe I'm. Look, I, I'm, I'm not a biologist, but I don't feel like. Do we have docking sites? Like, do doctors, do scientists really refer to like? Oh man, He's the docking in... site. Of the oh. anyway. 
I'm so sure we, he checked in with the rest of his Reddit forum before he posted it just to make sure that it was it yeah. was scientific. And they were like, sound. sounds good, bro. Keep going. Um, but he did describe in his book, as Hargi, you're saying, his angle is this book, The Wuhan Cover-Up. He says, ethnically targeted bioweapons are real and history makes clear there's no population who should be more concerned about a thing like that than people of Jewish and African descent. I don't, I don't even know what he's trying to say, but he is, I mean, especially when it comes to like black Americans, right? You know, history of, of like medical abuse and using folks as like live guinea pigs. It's just like him basically saying, oh, this was targeted against, because he's saying it's targeted against black people, but to spare Chinese, it's just. No, no, it's convoluted. It's yeah. it's completely it's complete. And why is it going? Okay, okay. Let, <laughs> why why go after black people? What is the what is the point of that? If this is true, is it just to like to to look less suspicious? Like what? Wh why that? It just doesn't make any. No, it doesn't. And the the the, the irony is is that the people who are anti-vaxxers were the same ones who, in the beginning of the pandemic, saw that. It, it was hitting disproportionately black and brown people and saying like, well, I guess it's a pre-existing condition. Well, I don't know. It's just a cold, but I guess they didn't, you know, have like there was race science happening in COVID-19 when it appeared like, yes, black and Latino Americans or and people around the world were, were being more affected uh, to say nothing of like, oh, most likely to be essential workers and out there on the front lines. Right. right. Um, Anyway, so a quick question. Though. Yes. Does Sirhan Sirhan have a son and he's is he still around? <laughs> Did he get out? No. Um, who's the dude who just got out? I'm terrible with this. Sirhan, uh, Sirhan. One of the uh, Manson family was released, I think. No, I think I think. I'm I'm like. No, yeah, he was denied parole. Yeah, no, Sirhan Sirhan was denied parole. Yeah, that's, of course. But, uh, yeah, Gavin Newsom. Wow. I say let him out. Let him out. Just sick him. Just have him finish the whole thing. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, shout out to Sirhan Sirhan. Uh, shout no, out uh, to Sirhan. <laughs> If you listen to the obituation room, what up? Yeah, no, he was Man denied parole, even though. Um, but look, what's interesting about this also, last thing I'll say, is Marianne Williamson kind of jumped on this. Because Marianne Williamson has sort of, she was, you know, she's running as a, I believe, a dem also in the Democratic Party. Um, and she she's, was quick. She's running as a, a, as a witch. Yes, running as a witch in the Democratic Party. Yeah. And, and hasn't has is not an anti-vaxxer but is definitely again as we've talked about like um you know teaches some like bizarre strand of christianity that was i'm forgetting of course the name of it but like she does a lot of woo woo stuff and a lot of you know um like sort of yeah sus shit to say nothing of the fact that her politics are good until you're like we need to stop fascism and she's like no we need to hug fascism and you're like mm, i don't believe that yeah. um but she was like quick to come out with tweets that were like, I condemn RFK Jr. And my mind was like, ooh, this is this is her angle. Cause like RFK was kind of like getting into her lane, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. her like she, wellness lane. Now he, she's gonna look more reasonable too. 
Absolutely. And she's Jewish, although converted to Christianity. Um, very interesting backstory. Again, bonus episode to listen to that whole thing. But let's go on to our next story. Um, this was the week or last week. We're in day four of the SAG-AFTRA strike. Again, 160,000 workers, Hollywood workers, movies, television, and the like. They're on strike. Um, and it all kicked off with uh, your girl, Fran Drescher, um, who is just putting things in just plain language in terms of how um, reticent the Allied Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the AMPTP, how reticent they've been. It seems like they've been just as shitty to the actors as they have been to the writers in terms of mm, we're not coming to the table. This is what you got, and we're not even going to go there. So here, here's what she had to say. It came with great sadness that we came to this crossroads, but we had no choice. We are the victims here. We are being victimized by a very greedy entity. I am shocked by the way the people that we have been in business with are treating us. I cannot believe it, quite frankly how far apart we are on so many things, how they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. Shame on them. They stand on the wrong side of history. And it seems like they're cool about that, Hari. I, I, uh... I'm sure you saw this, but let's just a refresher. Um, this is according to Deadline. Uh, one anonymous, uh, well, this is a industry veteran, intimate with the point of view of studio CEO, said, "I think we're in for a long strike. They're going to let it bleed out." And then an actual studio executive told Deadline, "The end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses." Um, and acknowledging the cold as ice approach, several other sources reiterated the statement. One insider called it a cruel but necessary evil. It kind of feels like almost the inverse of what we did in COVID. In COVID, there was nothing to do but watch like TV and movies. And, so, and now I'm like, why don't we all go outside? Yeah. What if we all just like went outside for the next six months to a year? What if we just actively decided to do things? What then? I mean, what if we just didn't consume as much as we normally consume? Plus, like with like the internet, you can see anything in the history of the world. Reruns are a thing. Well, yeah. they were, you know, like I mean, like there's, I think that, well, first of all, as much as I appreciate some of Fran Drescher's sentiments, I'm like, are you really shocked by this? Like you're making it sound like I can't believe that the people with the money are exploiting the labor. Like, right, right. Come on, come on. And secondly, like the whole, like you're on the wrong side of history. I'm like, all right, let's, let's take it down a notch. All right. We're not talking about civil rights history here. It's still, you know, I'm all industries deserve fair uh, labor standards. And, and, you know, I've heard to actors make too much athletes make too much. First of all, the high end of those make what they, what the market says that they can make. And right. we're going to talk about the market since the people that own the teams or own the networks are making most of it. So let's not, you know, and most actors don't actually get paid that much. I mean, that's really the thing. You, you're when you take commissions and everything else out of it and, and taxes, like 
it's not yeah. like before because there was this uh, you know when residuals were a big thing if you were on a show or even a couple of big episodes of a show you get paid for a long time it almost worked like the stock market in a weird way you invest in this thing but and the, if a thing is successful you get a piece of it for for god knows how long and you yep. know there that's now it's like you can write in four or five things and they could all be hit, but you get paid once and that's the end of it. And right. And the numbers are so opaque, you know, yeah. but yeah, there's, there are favorite episodes of these streaming shows that get played over and over and more of than others. I mean, it's interesting that I think Fran Drescher herself probably gets residuals from the nanny. Oh, sure. Um, her one and really only hit, but she's been able to survive most likely because of that. So I'm curious on her own story, but to your point about them not making very much, that's really important to, to understand. So here, this is the SAG's contract before had negotiated this minimum for performers and an actor who worked on a TV show for one week was paid a minimum of $3,756, which is not a lot y'all. Um, that is the minimum. And yet of the 160,000 actors, only 12.7% yeah. make enough money to even get health insurance through the union, which is $26,470 a year. Now, I know part of folks are like, well, why doesn't the union pay for their health insurance? Well, because the union can't take on that cost. You know, it's the cost of fucking health insurance. Right. And $26,000 is not enough to pay for someone's health insurance for the year. I mean, this is, again, it's like, it's so holistic. It has everything to do with like broader fights around like Medicare for all. Um, but only 12% of these actors are actually making that to get, and they're, so they're going to the marketplace with $26,000 right. going to the fucking market. I buy my health insurance on the marketplace. It is exorbitant and disgusting. It's such a, a crap. Like, I feel like I've, I've had a, a decent career, but for most of it, I was, didn't have insurance or was paying for my insurance. And that was after, you know, ACA. Yeah. Thank God. Right. And, you know, I have a kid now and I was lucky enough to get SAG after health insurance for the past year. And I, I didn't think I had worked enough to make the mark, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to get another year of it. And I got cast uh, on South side for one episode and that got me insurance for another year. Like, do you know how, how That's crazy. ridiculous that is? And I like ended up like emailing uh, Diallo Riddle, who's one of the creators of that show, and just say thank you. Like, I, it was yeah. a pleasure to you know to finally be able to work with you. But also, me and my kid have health insurance because you cast me as a DJ. Like, that's how absurd it is to get health insurance. Uh, you know, working uh, in this industry. I mean, it's completely unreasonable and I, and I think people don't really understand because they see the top end of actors you yeah. know but if you've noticed there are lots of other actors that you don't know the names of that it seemed to appear in everything or a bunch of actors you'll see once and never see again who are just pursuing their dreams you know all of them like deserve a little more than what they're getting both in terms of residuals uh in terms of fair minimum standards i mean the fact that they want to use ai to duplicate extras extras get paid less to nothing for almost no screen time and you're telling me that's where you're gonna save money on yeah. extras no. like the whole thing is you know it's 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 disgusting and we should all be be questioning because in some ways it's it's almost easier to come for for writers and, and 
uh, actors in some mm -hmm. way, right? There's something about that that's like, okay, as long as, you know, I get to see Tom Cruise act as a young person forever now because of AI, but they're going to go for all our jobs. I mean, this yes. isn't just AI. It, it, this is this is in we, everything. This is in everything. So we should start putting our foot down and realizing like we're all at risk here and acting is what they're going after because they can easily make money very quickly by replacing us. Right. And and to your point earlier, like all you want to do is like be creative and do your yeah. art, you know, and 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 be able to survive. Now, the question is, is like if we don't live in a country with universal health care, uh, yeah. if we don't if we live in this country that is like your basic dignity is only dependent on your ability to like, again, as an artist, scrounge and get that one very dope job, you know, like then then that job better fucking pay well and that job better keep pace with yeah. the cost of living, the cost of housing and healthcare, and all of it. Um, Bob Iger, uh, CEO of Disney, um, he said, though, however, striking actors and writers demands are just not realistic. They're adding to a set of challenges in this business that is that, that this business is already facing and that is, quite frankly, very disruptive, he told CNBC. Um, Bob Iger, getting, by the getting way, a, getting a bonus every year is unrealistic, regardless yeah, a, of how you do that's a five million dollar, five million dollar bonus. Again, like that's not even ball player bonuses. <laughs> like, no, like no. They actually do some shit and have talent. Um, so this was just fun. I don't know if you saw this, but so actors have gone to the picket lines. We're, the U.S. is experiencing a massive heat wave. Obviously, Los Angeles is no different. This is outside of Universal Studios. Um, wow. Chris Stevens posted, quick shout out to the good people at Universal for trimming the trees that gave our picket line shade wow. right before a 90 plus degree week. And you can see those trees. I mean, shorn, utterly shorn. That like, is... that's, that's not trimming. That's fucking like a fuck you move. They do realize at some point they will have to work with actors again at some point. You know what I mean? Like, this is <laughs> like, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, again, like you take it outside of the ring of entertainment. It just shows you how disposable the worker is, regardless of industry. If they can replace us, they will. And if we if we fight about it, we'll pay the cost of it. I mean, that quote, yeah. you know, you know, I, I think that probably is their strategy when people start losing homes. You know, that's when it, things are going to get really bad. Like, you know, uh, Mark Ruffalo said something today about I, mean, I should get the quote right. But like more or less, he was talking about it's it's reasons why we should be doing more indie films and staying mm. away from the market. And I get that. But at the same time, part of first of all, indie films generally lose money. They still require investors. And part of the hope is they get picked up for distribution or end up on one of the streamers. So right. it's like it, it's it's really a, a situation you where you have to go through them. You still have to find like that's where the income's coming from. You know, that's ultimately what's going to pay the thing off. That's what you hope happens. So like, you know, again, like like with the show, like things like patron that are people powered, you see like th there has to be other ways to do this. Right. Absolutely. Because there was a time where there wasn't any way because we just didn't have the technology or the capital to start, but the bar is a lot lower than it used to be. You get some nice lights, a nice camera, you, you know. <laughs> No, I know the only I was talking about this on the bonus, though. It's just like the and we'll talk about this with Paris, but like that downward pressure of yeah. 
like everyone, even actors who were on hit shows become content creators, you know, yeah. and it's just like, they're forced to like start Patreons. It's like, no, you should act and look at know. Cameo. Cameo shouldn't I exist. I know. My and God. it's like cute and fun, but I know people who, I mean, who like rely on the money and do it. Um, Speaking about the losing your home, this is how we'll end. Ron Perlman had a response to whichever executive, seems like it might have been Iger, um, who said that about we're going to go until people start losing their homes. One thing before I get off this, the motherfucker who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, motherfucker. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the fuck said that. And we know who said that. And where he fucking lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 fucking million dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful, motherfucker. Be really careful, because that's the kind of shit that stirs shit up. Peace out. That just put me in a great mood. That was just, <laughs> I mean, I'll, if you got one with Danny Trejo next, I'm just going <laughs> to just walk out of here. That was just, oof, that was nice. That was nice. I he know. was threatening arson. <laughs> he really was. That's beautiful. In the real world, against the capitalists. I mean, if Perlman can be at the front lines of our revolution, like, I think we might win, you know? That's just very, I mean, because that's the thing. Almost all of these actors know what it's like to, like, struggle to get here, you know? And granted, a lot of actors, certainly there's you know, you see there's a lot of actors who have the privilege to become actors either because they're Nepo babies or because like uh, <laughs> you have, you know, there's something about going after jobs that are a huge risk that is easier to take when maybe your parents are a safety cushion of some sort. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I certainly think there's truth in that, but that's not everybody. And there's tons of actors, regardless of that, you have to struggle. You like you, you, you're working multiple jobs. You're just dreaming of a chance to do this this thing and you could right. say well you know it's a privilege to be an actor it like not everybody gets to be one so why do you well it's like i understand that but at the same time someone's making money off it mm -hmm. like if you were doing work, money oh a lot of money if you were doing work that wasn't properly con like uh, you know compensated in any profession you would be upset and that's what this is about Absolutely. And it's nice to see people like Ruffalo or even Perlman, you know, to who arguably will not be the ones to lose their homes, but speaking out and this forcefully, yeah. you saw Damon and Clooney and whatnot, and like everyone speaking out um, because it's like, it, it's the, the shit in the industry, as you yeah. know, is like yeah. people who, once you make it, you're like, Oh, now you are all peasants to me. Goodbye. And being part of a union and having SAG and having WGA, truly levels that it changes the game completely and so you know we and i'm not in these unions but everyone are is standing on the backs of you know organizers who came before to make sure that when they try some fuck shit on everybody that there is a union that will level us and like everyone can be in this together um so i think I, that's incredible 
I made a, a documentary a few years ago called The Problem with Apu mm -hmm. on True TV. And the thing, obviously, it made a lot of noise. It's available on HBO Max now. It's played all over the world. I didn't get a penny more than what I got initially. What I got was like not very much. Maybe it was like $10,000. Oh, $10,000 is a lot. Not if it's no, the only money the you make you for months and months and months that ends up having whatever it ended up being. It's like, so you're telling me it, it aired in all over the world and it had content and it made all this noise and was the successful thing in terms of like, like people were discussing. And I didn't, I didn't, people keep saying, oh, he made, he got rich off the thing. And it's like, that's not how this works. Yeah. This is not how they've set it up where you do not make money. It that's is insane. impossible to get a cut of the work you did. And this is, this is the, tr this is like, I'm giving you one example personally, like, I would have loved to retire off that. I, I, I wouldn't have, but like, like the no, assumption is something some is big. You can supplement, something. right? I mean, it supplements also. You know, we know stand up is not like the most lucrative, and so no. it's like you could have, you know, it's a supplemental income to then continue to tour because it's fucking money to tour. Yeah. Um. You know, and whatnot, and so, but like, it is. But again, they sell you on the prestige, Hari. They're like, but it's on HBO. It's on HBO Max, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But fucking pay me then, because I'm giving you. It's not. It can't just be free. But of course, what are your options? Your options are don't have it on a platform or have it on a platform. Obviously, you're gonna go with have it. Anyway, this, when we yeah. started doing, I'm sure you dealt with this before too. But when people would offer you gigs, I'm like, we're not gonna pay you money, but it's for exposure. You'll get all this, yeah. whatever that meant. Like, what does exposure mean? And <sighs> it feels like that. It feels like an extension of like, like I'm just glad to be. You should just be glad to be here. And that's yes. not how it works when people are making money off your work. Amen. Um, I want to bring in, though, for the AI portion of this whole discussion, because, yes, they're trying to um, replace actors um, with AI, not just background actors, um, but main characters, um, to welcome Canadian tech critic, author of Road to Nowhere, What Silicon Valley Gets Wrong About the Future of Transportation, and host of the award-winning podcast, Tech Won't Save Us, Paris Marks. Hello. 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 How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Great to join you again. Thanks for being coming back. <laughs> of course. So you've written a lot. You, I mean, you're following these sharks. Mm -hmm. You're tailing the sharks. Yeah. And we appreciate it. But what what about the studios? Like, what have they already tried to get away with when it comes to AI? Oh, my God, so much. Like, I think that the key thing to say about this whole kind of discussion that we're having now and these strikes that are happening is that I think one thing that Fran said in her speech was really key, right? She pointed to streaming, she pointed to digital, and she pointed to AI. And, you know, we're really focused on AI in this moment because, you know, we're in the middle of the big generative AI hype boom. But we know that part of the reason this has happened and part of the reason these unions are on strike is because the streaming model was used by these companies, these increasingly consolidated entertainment giants and tech companies to transform the business model of the industry, to change the way people are being paid for shows and, and the work that they're doing, as you and Harry were discussing. Um, but then I think 
you can even go back before that and see like the digital revolution that has kind of been happening since the 2000s is part of this much mm -hmm. larger project by the studios in particular, but also these tech companies who've moved in with the streaming boom um, to really right. remake the business model of the industry to ensure that they are getting more of the money. They have more control over the industry and over the people who work in it and are going to basically remake that business model to serve them. And so now what we're seeing with AI, it's not so much the threat that everyone's going to lose their jobs. It's we're further de-skilling the work that goes into making these productions and we're setting it up. So maybe we're going to scan you and get your likeness as an actor. And now we're going to be able to have visual effects teams who we've outsourced to Southeast Asia and who are non-union and get paid very little money to use that scan to kind of generate whatever you're doing in the computer. Right? So we don't need to you mm -hmm. and we don't need to pay you for that performance or you know, it's not that ChatGPT is going to be churning out like fabulous scripts that we're going to turn into movies and TV shows, but maybe we can use a chatbot or a large language model to churn out something that's just going to be like decent. And then we can pay a writer to come in and kind of spice it up and add a bit more to it and like fix up the problems and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's not that the workers aren't there at all. It's just that you're reducing the money that you're paying on labor and you're ensuring that they are in kind of like the less important roles i guess so that mm -hmm. they're not as important they're paid less they have again you know they have no kind of way to say actually i deserve to get a residual for this i deserve to get some sort of kind of ongoing payment because it's you're turning it basically into a gig economy even more than it already is to say Absolutely. we're just hiring you at these really cheap rates to do this small amount of work don't expect anything more than that Yes. Uh, let's just parse that out. So the very first thing I think you articulated really incredibly about this, like how consolidated mm -hmm. uh, Hollywood has become yeah. and the industries have become and actually how much of a business it has become. I think okay. it's always been kind of like a, a running joke or, you know, you got to do the big blockbusters. But truly, as consolidation has happened, this is just making returns for the shareholders and absolutely nothing for the people creating the content you know i always get into this debate with uh, my husband um we are always he's always like well more is good like more streaming means more shows and so we could pitch and get a show sold and friends have, have as well and so it's like this is a good thing but it's it's not actually <laughs> if you're cheapening what it means and what it is to you know sell a show and to be able to survive as a creative Totally. And you think about it, right? And sure, the number of shows that we have has expanded, you know, quite considerably as part of the streaming boom. But the number of episodes hasn't expanded as much because we went from having 20 odd episode seasons that were running on cable and broadcast television to like, right. you know, six to 10 episode seasons that are on streaming services. And now you don't need to pay the residuals because it's just sitting in your streaming library and you're not kind of selling the rights on to kind of international markets or you're not selling it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And so, you know, you pay once. And then it's yours and then you do whatever you want with it. And we see now that some of these companies, you know, I, I think, you know, listeners will be familiar or viewers will be familiar with seeing um, in recent months, you know, Disney taking shows off its service, HBO Max and, and now Max, whatever you want to call it, taking shows right. off its service, right? Because they see, oh, we're actually having to pay money for these for this content to keep it on the service or we might kind of get more savings or a better tax write off if we kick it off of the service, right? Jeez. And just to get to your point on consolidation, like 
what we really saw, and this was already happening before the streaming boom, because you remember in the kind of first decade of the 2000s, Disney was buying up Pixar and Star Wars and Marvel and was right. already sort of growing itself to buying up all this IP at that moment. But then you have these massive tech companies like Amazon and Netflix moving into the space. And because they are seen by Wall Street as tech companies and they are going yeah. to rapidly expand, they're going to go global, they can lose a ton of money, it doesn't matter because they'll eventually get a monopoly and make a lot of money for us they could just go for it right they could spend like crazy in a way that a traditional company and an entertainment company could not so then for the disney's and the nbc universals and all these to compete they had to consolidate as well to get larger so that they could compete on the level of the tech companies so the tech companies mm. enter they bring in the streaming model they have all this money behind them from the tech investors in wall street and then that forces the rest of the industry to remake itself around this model that the tech industry is pushing and that's yes. part of the reason that we get to where we are today the hbo max max uh example Divide. to me like is a great example of like where we're at in terms of what yeah. is valued because hbo has had this incredible reputation for creating great art and why would you remove the hbo name <laughs> because that's it, it's like you have a certain standard and the reason is discovery bought it and so they're going to put all their crap, no respect, no disrespect to Chip and Joanna, but disrespect. And, <laughs> you know, and they're going to put all their home and nature shows and, you know, naked and afraid or whatever else they're putting on it. And so 90 Day Fiance, the, don't forget that 90 one. 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> yeah. And, and so just like, like that, which terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, but this is like, you know, instead of like prioritizing HBO, you're going to get art. It's a very cultivated experience. It's like, no, you're going to get everything now. Yep. Yeah. It's like the HBO part does not matter. That's not what's driving it. And they're not particularly worried about, you know, winning awards or great content. This is going to make more money because it's cheaper to produce whatever Discovery was producing than what HBO was producing. Exactly. Because yeah, it's it all reality. So it's really cheap to make. You don't always even need to use union uh, production yeah. and crews and all that kind of stuff to make it. So it's cheaper to make your reality TV shows. But then also there was the belief, you know, if you read kind of the reporting on this, that, um, having HBO in the title potentially limited the market share because HBO is seen as adult. And so families wouldn't want to have it. So we need to get uh, HBO out of there. So then uh, we'll just call it max. And now families will all subscribe and they'll love it. And they'll see that we have all this other content beyond, you know, the steamy HBO shows. <laughs> right. And, and like, so that when you put it in those, that framework, of course, actors and writers are going to go on strike it's the only thing they have left totally. yeah. to do it's the only people who are actually looking out for not just the workers but like the quality of the work that is being produced you know i mean and writers know that firsthand being squeezed in these tiny mini rooms to how break story on a you know a, a massive show and not see the money from it so it's just like you know no one's pressing the brakes no one is saying maybe we shouldn't maybe this is like gonna be bad um because, yeah, the, it, it's changed. And I think it's interesting to see when Apple and Netflix and these other, yeah, these tech companies are getting into it. It's like, they don't give a fuck about entertainment. Absolutely not. They just want your eyeballs on this show and on the next thing and on the next thing and then in perpetuity. I mean, and I think, Ari, you made this point where she's like, maybe we just all go outside. Maybe we just stop. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes. At the same time, apparently they're not calling for consumer boycotts yet. But like... You know, I got, you know, family and friends and people are like, you go, you want to go see Barbie? Or you want to go see Oppenheimer? I'm like, I don't know. I kind of want to, you know, like, damn it all to hell. Like, fuck it. Because I, I, why? Who's excited about this shit? 
<laughs> I mean, I, I say down, download some torrents of NBC's Homicide, which does not have <laughs> a distribution deal on any streamer as a result of all the music that was used during the period. And oh. watch that, because that's not hurting anybody. No you one's know. getting money from that. And you're watching a show that I say is perhaps superior to The Wire. Perhaps. Ooh, really? <laughs> the really? Homicide is incredible. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Andre Brower and, and Kyle Sikor, just incredible. I, um, I have to admit, I will probably be going to see both of those films. But, you know, it's in the cinema, so they'll still get the residuals. And they're all both that kind probably going to be great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So I feel, well, I feel less pay- bad about that. It's the streaming stuff that, that I feel yeah, like yeah, is yeah. the biggest problem there, right? And just to For sure. pick up on something yeah. you were saying, like, I think that the strike is essential, right? And I think that we need to, we don't, we shouldn't forget that it was 1960, the last time these two unions were on strike together. And that was the moment when they went on strike that they kind of set up this framework that you have now. So you get residuals and you get a pension plan and you get health insurance if you, you know, hit the threshold that you were talking about earlier. Um, And so now it does seem really essential that these unions go on strike because they can see that this model that they set up that was working for them, that allowed them to actually survive by doing this career has been torn apart by these companies and they've used digital technology to get us all to buy into that shift, right? And the promise was, don't worry, we're going to use these technologies. The consumers are going to get this great experience. It's going to be great for the workers. Everyone's going to benefit, right? We see that is not what happened. And that's usually what happens with technology. We get misled in these ways, but that's why it's so essential now that these unions need to be on strike. A couple of years ago, we almost saw IATSE, which is the union that covers like a lot of the below the line workers, you know, your cinematographers, Mm -hmm. your um, set designers, your costume designers, stuff like that, were on on the cusp of going on strike. And at the at the last minute, they decided not to, they'll be up for renegotiation next year. And so depending on what happens here, that could mean big things for them as well, right? And there's a lot of other unions around the world who are not the American unions, which are kind of the most powerful entertainment unions in the world, like up here in Canada, where I am, the unions are watching what the unions in the US are doing, because when they go for renegotiation next year, they're going to be asking for all the same things. So the fight is so important. Yeah. And I, because these, you know, the studios are going to be searching for other countries, other places to film. If they're, if their productions are being stopped, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to try and like, yeah. So it is, it's, it's pretty fucking cool how it's setting up this like global, you know, labor solidarity moment. Absolutely. And it's the American unions that kind of have to do it, right? Because like, if you just had a Canadian union going on strike and asking for this stuff, they'd be like, ah, fuck you. We don't care. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They don't have the leverage. Right. But if the Americans can get it. Yeah. I wonder, Gosling's probably with SAG, but he is Canadian. He's probably with both, I would say. I don't know if that's a possibility, but he's definitely with SAG. Yeah. Um, Can I just ask about the AI thing? Because you've sort of imploded the idea that like AI is you know, sort of self-sufficient and uh, can just go off and write a thing and do a thing. Talk about like the, how much human work goes into AI creation. So much, so much. Um, There was reporting from Time Magazine earlier this year about the Kenyan workers who were key to creating ChatGPT and making this system work. And they were paid $2 an hour. And the Wall Street Journal just had an interview and a story that um, they, you know, the the reporter Cowan Howe went over to Nairobi, I believe, spoke to a number of these workers. And basically they described because their job was to read like the really sexually explicit stuff of like, you know, 
rape and child abuse and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just all the worst things that you can imagine to try to have ensure that could be filtered out of the system. So it wasn't spitting oh that God. out at regular users. And so Wall Street Journal talked to them and they were like, we are scarred. Like we've had relationships fall apart. Like, you know, it completely changed our lives. And like, because we had had to read all this stuff and internalize it for six months as we were working for this company. And it, it made such a huge difference, like negative difference to our lives. And they got two bucks an hour. Right. But this is the way it works with so much of these AI tools. You're using this really poorly paid labor to make these things work. And they don't have nearly the impact that, you know, the tech companies want us to believe. I always say to people, think back to the mid 2010s, right? Remember in that moment when everyone was going on about how all the robots were going to take our jobs and the self-driving cars were going to get rid of truck drivers and taxi drivers, and there were going to be robots making our coffees and making our McDonald's and all this kind of stuff. Like this was the future that was just a few years away and it never happened. But that distracted us from recognizing or from, you know, really kind of going in on the fact that the gig economy was growing and Uber and mm -hmm. these other companies were using apps to carve people out of employment rights. And Amazon was expanding algorithmic management through its warehouses and its delivery services and taking jobs that used to be union jobs, working in warehouses, doing deliveries like USPS and UPS, again, UPS micro uh, workers might be going on strike soon, total yes. solidarity to them as well. But created these systems where now the warehouse workers at Amazon, other than one warehouse in Staten Island, are non-union, um, and they're paid much less than you would at a unionized warehouse. The chance of injury is much higher because you have these much higher production targets. We know that they have to pee in bottles because they don't have the time to go do bathroom right. breaks. And it's the same with these delivery workers, right? They're hired by third-party companies. They're non-union. They're paid shit. Um, and that's to ensure that they're using less UPS, less U um, USPS because these are union and they don't want any involvement with Look, them. There's a sleek app, Paris, that yeah. divides <laughs> us from the unwashed masses exactly. getting into accidents. <laughs> like, it's just incredible that, yeah, the promise was that, you know, people wouldn't be affected. Everyone no. wins. Like, no, no, no. No, you just promised us a now you just given us a, us a buffer exactly. and made consumers feel like, no, at the touch of a button, I need my thing yep. delivered by an actual physical person still totally. created by a physical person. It's, it's de-skilling the labor across the economy that's so essential to everything, allowing these employers to pay people less, but also to give mm -hmm. them more control over labor. Right. This is how it works. This is how it always works. Um, mm -hmm. And now. With this strike, we're seeing directly how this is impacting the entertainment industry, how it's impacted writers, how it's impacted actors, how it's impacted other people in that kind of profession. But as this kind of generative AI boom has been taking off since ChatGPT was released in November of last year, we've seen, on the one hand, all of these tech companies saying, oh my God, it's a threat to humanity. Like, what is it going to mean for us? Right, all of right. our jobs are going away. How again, can I get rich off of this? Exactly. How can I develop but, my own thing? But these narratives are, again, if we're thinking back to like the mid 2010s, these narratives are the distraction again, right? Uh, mm. It's a threat to humanity. What's it going to mean for the human race? All this kind of stuff. Total distraction. Doesn't matter. What matters is how they're going to use these tools again to de-skill labor like they're trying to do in entertainment or like they're trying to do to journalists right now. And it will hit yes. other industries as well. So that again, they're paying you less. You have fewer employment rights and the boss has more power and is making more of the money. This is how That's, it always works. I think that distinction is is really interesting, just how, because, you know, I, I've certainly said those kinds of things, too, like we're all going to be replaced, but you've drawn a distinction between what replacement looks like. You're talking about 
de-skilling labor. So for example, in our industry, they won't use human beings necessarily uh, this quote unquote skill labor yeah. uh, to act in things. Right. But they're going to need people to do all the, the coding or exactly. I, I know nothing about technology, mm -hmm. but do all this yeah. stuff that is necessary yeah. to feed the machines and the that's visual effects required. work and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so there's, you've gotten rid of your biggest cost and now you're just spending less to have people do completely unreasonable amounts of work for very little so it's very elysium like i don't i don't i've only <laughs> seen that movie once and it, it's just like you're like and i've i reference it all the time but it's very like i'm going to build the robot that will eventually take my job like when i imagine ai like you know if you're coding for an ai artist you are effectively um coding something that's going to take your job like yeah. you're yeah. you know like okay this is going to this can do my artwork you know, because I've fed it all of these things or whatnot. I don't know totally. how it works. And and like I Rest of World has done some really good reporting on this as well, especially looking like outside the United States and what it has meant for workers there. Like they talked a few months ago to this video game designer in uh, like graphic designer in China. And she used to be paid to kind of put these promotional graphics and put these other kind of things together for these video game companies. And then they cut her off because they started using like Stable Diffusion or Dolly or whatever instead. But then they hired her back and paid her 10 times less just to fix mm. up the AI generated images. Shut right? the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it. That's it. That's it. And it's funny because I like even just the, you know, I'm on Instagram. So I'll like see, I've seen like, you know, different accounts that I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on. Yeah. That is clearly not a photograph. That's not a Shutterstock image. That's an AI generated image. I totally. can tell that from a mile away. That's what that is. And you're using a your the headlines real. That image is not real. Yep. Um, or like on YouTube, right? There's like news stories that get like fed to you. And I'm like, I'll click on it. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not a voiceover actor. It wants or an actor. That's not a voiceover journalist or whatnot. That's not what I used to do at AJ Plus. Just sort of like <laughs> you know reading the headlines and whatnot, giving you the whole thing. No, that's AI. Yep. That's that's an AI generated voice. I can hear that that's an AI generated voice. I and mean, like when I I usually X out of it unless I'm like kind of curious about <laughs> like some dumb backstory of a celebrity. But um but yeah it's it's terrifying. I I, I want to pivot though because Hari started talking about can I say one thing initially. about that. Oh please please on please, the please. AI voice because that is another place where we're seeing this hit big time. You know, we, yes. Disney is one of the leaders in really pushing the replacement of actors with AI and visual effects and stuff. Um, you know, you, we can see, uh, I don't know if it's a Disney movie, actually, the recent Indiana Jones, but they kind of de-age Harrison Ford. But of course, they've right. kind of brought back dead actors in Star Wars, you know, right. and recreated them kind of vi with visual effects instead of just casting someone new. And they made a deal, I believe it was last year. Because uh, James Earl Jones is not doing the voice of Darth Vader anymore because he's a very old man at this point. And so they got made a deal so they can use his voice and use an AI program to constantly like just churn out new Darth Vader lines using his voice that has been trained on his previous kind of, you know, the previous Darth Vader stuff he's done. Right. And voice actors wow. in particular are saying that it's a real risk to us because our voices are out there. They're out in the public yeah. and they say that people are just like scraping their voices, making these tools without their permission, and then kind of generating ads or YouTube clips or whatever, using their voices, and they've never given permission for it to be used that way. But people can grab it. So they're just doing it anyway. So it's really shocking to see how some of these tools are used and how just shameless some people are in how that they is wild. People. 
Can I also just say, this is random, but Hargi, did you ever do stand-up at the Brainwash in San Francisco? Do you remember oh, that spot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the laundry place that you do stand-up to people <laughs> who are doing their laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I did it once, and that was enough. Yeah, 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 no, that's all you needed to do. It was a lot of open mic vibes, you know, um, a lot of weed smoke, um, but very funny. But so, okay, this is so random, Paris, but did you know, and Hari, did you know that there someone would film everyone set there and it was like on a live stream and it was like okay and i remember the old guy who would do it and and he's like yeah well hey I'm, I'm filming and we're gonna you know it's gonna be up on the stream i'm like okay two weirdos are gonna watch it nobody's watching it's an open mic yes i forgot which company but some tech company in silicon valley took that feed and used everyone's image every comic's oh face my. To, for some generative, uh, yeah. I'll find it exactly. This is me misremembering Paris. Do you remember? Do you do you remember that? Do you know that story at all? I don't know the story, but it doesn't okay, surprise well, they, me one bit. So <laughs> they, just, they combed this random video. I mean, because there was hours and hours and hours of standups doing bad material, um, and and yeah, and they like created a database of faces based on that wild shit. Wild. Anyway. This is what they do, right? The, like, yeah. there's a bunch of lawsuits right now in U.S. court over OpenAI and these other like AI systems because they basically went out onto the web, scraped whatever they could get, and used it to train their AI services. And so you have a bunch of copyrighted material in there. You have a bunch of just regular stuff that average people kind of posted online, or you know, mm -hmm. over over the couple decades that we've kind of been doing this. And so there are suits about copyright infringement by companies and artists, um, but there are also suits saying that it's actually. Um, a breach of people's privacy rights as well because they went onto these services and scraped all this kind of personal yeah. information um, yeah. and used it to train their systems. And a lot of them won't even say what exactly, like OpenAI, for example, which used to be this nonprofit that it's in the name OpenAI that promised it was going to do everything out in the open, um, won't even tell you what it used to train its services on because, of course, it went private. It wants to make the money. It has the big deal at Microsoft now. Yeah, it's, it's just terrible. And there's um, million year old legislators who don't understand any of this yeah. are making no attempts to understand it. So they can't make legislation to, to prevent any of it before it happens. Unless well, what worries me is like China. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then it's bad. <laughs> Very bad. <laughs> but what worries me is like, you see the Biden administration or something like trying to look like they're getting a handle on AI. And it's like, mm -hmm. so we had a meeting and we brought in all the AI CEOs. It's like, no, they're not the people you should be talking to. Like, because right. they just want to shape the regulation to help themselves. Like, you know, absolutely. It's like, you're talking to the wrong folks. <laughs> Can I just ask you, cause we, let's go to threads and what's going on sure. with Twitter. Um, we, when you came on, it, it was like a couple weeks after I think, or I don't know how long, but soon after Elon had bought Twitter and it's gotten a lot worse. Yeah. Um, how what? how's really? it going over there? How's it going over there? Um, what how's it gotten worse in terms of like who's being emboldened and empowered and how? Oh my god! And then I want to talk about threads, but yeah, yeah. Where do we even start? Right? Like it's just been like a steady decline in the six or so months he took it over in October. So I guess a little over six months now that he's been in control of it. But it just seems quite clear that Elon Musk does not understand. The platform and what people actually enjoyed about it you know one of his first actions was to basically wage war on the journalists on the platform and the people yeah. who had like blue check marks and stuff but in particular he hated the fact that journalists had it 
and like one of the reasons that a lot of people went to twitter was for information and news and like keeping up on current events so you kind of want to know who is trustworthy and who's not and who's not just like paying eight bucks to elon but Paris, musk all you need is matt taibbi yeah. like yeah it hasn't matt taibbi even left now? Else? <laughs> i don't know because he, he cracked down on Substack, and yeah. he was like um we talked about this yeah. and he was like i don't care yeah <laughs> awful um, so, you know, all that kind of stuff happened. But over time, like Elon Musk has cut the staff to the bone. So, you know, there's constant technical issues. He hasn't paid the rent on buildings. He has reduced the amount of servers that they're using. Recently, at the beginning of the month, there was a big controversy because he limited the number of tweets that people could look at. We're still not 100% sure why that happened, but we know- Is that done now? That's over, uh, at That's least at okay. the moment. But part, one of the things we know is that his contract yeah. with Google Cloud was ending at the end of June and he hadn't been paying his payments. Um, and I believe these Oracle cloud contracts were also in jeopardy. And the reporting said that Linda Yaccarino, the new CEO, came in and kind of smoothed over the relationship with Google. But right when that cloud contract was supposed to end, all of a sudden, you know, the site was going down and we had to limit the tweets. And it was just about bots, apparently. But I don't think that's actually the case. So I think clearly you see that he doesn't understand, like, what people liked about the platform. He's making it very unappealing to a lot of people. That's why every time there's a new app, people are like, is this the replacement? Finally, can we please? Can this be it? Can mm -hmm. we just leave Twitter? Um, and... In particular, he has designed this platform, whether intentionally or not, but I think it probably leans more intentional, especially when you see his kind of opinions, the types of things that he responds to on Twitter, that it's really a platform to elevate the right even further than it already did. There was reporting yeah. in 2021 that Twitter admitted its algorithms were already favorable to the right, but now Elon Musk has unbanned a lot of the most extreme right-wing accounts. Um, and he yeah. introduced a new system recently where he's going to start paying creators, but the creators he's paying, at least to start, are all handpicked by the company, which means probably Elon Musk. And it was pretty much like... Andrew Tate and a bunch of like right wing weirdos, you know, and not any the like people normal who, people. But the people who were already on, the people who probably paid for Twitter Blue, he's exactly. A, he's such a terrible businessman on top of everything else. Like, so you're gonna pay your reply guys who were already giving you a bunch of fucking money. That's a way to lose money. You don't pay them. <laughs> you pay like you know the celebrities or whatnot or like the whomever else, someone to just be like the black people to stay on so they can yeah. be your punching bags. You know what I mean? Like just plus absolutely insane every i mean everyone's goal is to have people stay on the app or your site or whatever yeah. as long as possible and he's like i'm gonna restrict how many of these you can <laughs> yeah. see yeah. yeah you know what like, are you out of your you go touch grass You're yeah like, no. and that caused a lot, a lot of problems too right like because you think again people traditionally turn to twitter for information right um and like in Canada, you're probably aware we have a bunch of wildfires going on right now. In British Columbia, the government was trying to send out alerts about wildfires and they couldn't do it because they were rate limited. And so they couldn't send out the tweets or people oh couldn't see God. them and stuff. Like there's all these problems, right? Like it's just ridiculous. So, okay. Um, where do you stand on threads before we wrap? Ooh, I'm, I'm conflicted, right? Um, obviously, I'd like to see Twitter like, destroyed um you know like i i love the place it has meant a lot to me i've been using it for like 14 years um but under elon musk's leadership like it's terrible but then i'm like is it really better that we're just going to go over to another meta platform that's, owned by mark zuckerberg yeah. like i don't think that's the solution either that sounds absolutely terrible and if you use threads right now it's like 
a big old algorithmic feed sending all the brands and the celebrities and the influencers at you not the people who you actually want to follow the notifications are a complete mess you can only use it on your phone you can't use it on the computer like i think it has a lot of issues and i think i'm just kind of skeptical of the idea like it seems like what meta is doing is they're not trying to like completely replicate twitter they're trying to say let's give a similar twitter experience but one that's more ad friendly so that we can make the money that twitter has lost right and i don't Mm. know if people want that experience like well, I, think I go that- to twitter for the ads i mean really yeah <laughs> I, I love them I, yeah if, if i could see one more draft kings ad uh <laughs> you, <laughs> you know i'm gonna join i have <laughs> so many random like kitchen appliances and utensils being thrown at me lately i'm like i swear to god like at least instagram knows the type of shit that <laughs> i would click on Twitter is no fucking clue. I uh, I also like don't spend enough time on it. But like, no, it's true. And what's bullshit about the Zuckerberg thing that I hate is he's so obsessed with yeah. the like, we're going to be positive. We're going to be different. like, no, no, no. We want real news. Yeah. We want to be able to dogpile on a on a random person. <laughs> yeah. no, we sh- should never do never, that. But no. you know what I mean? But it's fun. Like, we still know? want our bean dad <laughs> moments, you know, like stop trying to turn this into like, yeah, like puppies and babies and like, you know, people looking fly like, no. Um, but the but- other thing is like, that's not even really what facebook is like it's not what meta's platforms are like facebook thrives on extremist like right-wing bullshit yes. and putting it into like <laughs> yeah. your uncle's feed and stuff um but then they also Moms have like liberty. a long history of not properly moderating the content on the platform like they contributed to a genocide in Rohing- in in myanmar against rohingya muslims we know that there's lawsuits about it it's very clear um but even recently, there's been reporter in Insider about how this is still a problem. Um, there have recently been people killed in Iraq and uh, Ethiopia because, again, there were posts that were alerted to the Facebook teams and they just didn't respond to it. And they like ignored the stuff and it kept spreading these lies about these people and they were eventually murdered. And it was like and it spreads on WhatsApp too. remember, totally. you know, obviously Meta owns WhatsApp and yep. that's in, especially outside of the US, a massive mode of communication. Absolutely. So the idea that this is like some great uh, positive alternative to Twitter, I'm really not buying it. And, you know, obviously we'll see what happens. They've had a lot of users sign up in a short period of time. There's already reporting that user engagement has fallen off a cliff since week one. Um, sure. We'll see if people want to use it. I'm not totally convinced i can't yet. search if i can't fucking search anything yeah like everyone was like you know what were people talking about just like anything i'm like what are why are people talking about this search nothing yeah i'm like oh, i'm going to twitter now totally Draft kings be damned yeah. um <laughs> paris marks thank you so much for joining uh everybody where i mean tell everybody where they can find you listen to you oh totally you know tech won't save us is the podcast it's on all the podcast platforms you know where you're probably subscribed to this podcast as well if you're not watching live on twitter and uh, twitch or wherever um what else you know i have a book road to nowhere what silicon valley gets wrong about the future of transportation if you're interested in transport issues oh my god and i write a newsletter we'll only talk about transportation totally we'd love to and you know find my newsletter disconnect it's over on substack you know for better or worse yes (laughs) yes 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 subscribe to that all right take very good care and hurry i've got just 10 minutes okay let's Let's do do it it. let's do it because it's been a rough week and uh there's been a lot of uh, cringe-worthy clips Ergo, the cringies. So Barbie is premiering this week and Fox News uh, really wants, these women really want to like it, but they can't 
because apparently one of Barbie's friends is trans, um, whose name is also Hari, uh, which I think is yes. the actor's name is uh, the actress uh, Hari Neff. Um, anyway, Neff. so this is what they have to say. And I'm going to just bring this up and you have to listen to this woman's fucking name. Mm-hmm. So just pay attention. Keenan is the Federalist senior contributor and author of Domestic Extremist. I'm going to start. With- <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Keenan. This is this woman's name, wow. Peachy Keenan. And here is a picture. If you're listening, there's her book, and it's called Domestic Extremist in Crochet Lettering. And it's called A Practical Guide to Winning the Culture War. Like, it's like she kept her porn star name as her actual name. <laughs> That's, or perhaps her porn star name is like Samantha Smith or something like really basic. Peachy Keenan. Wow. Like, you know, I'm a new mom too. You're a dad. Would you ever really do, like, you don't do that to your kid unless you want them to write a book. Name. I couldn't be. I I don't know, man. White people are weird. Uh, Let's keep watching. With you, Peachy, because you wrote a great article about this in Revolver. And you say that this movie is the slickest, most visually appealing, and therefore most insidious packaging (laughs) of feminist cliches and trans grooming that you have ever seen. (laughs) Trans grooming. I'm saying this with a smile. Okay, here we go. Tell us more. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I have two daughters. I have a seven-year-old and a 14-year-old, and they've been talking about going to see Barbie for weeks now. They've mm-hmm. seen the posters. They saw a trailer before the Spider-Man movie. And I didn't even know it wasn't, like, PG, but apparently it's PG-13. It's full of suggestive <sighs> humor. And I found out last week, they somehow didn't let anyone know this with the marketing campaign, that one of Barbie's main three sidekicks is, surprise, surprise, a man. I mean, is nothing sacred? I, there not, aren't a lot of movies that appeal to little girls, and this was one of them, but now it's off the list, and I don't really know what, what they were thinking. They just gave Barbie the Bud Light treatment, which probably looks pretty stupid in retrospect. <laughs> you look stupid now, not yeah. in retrospect. Now <laughs> we don't need to go back to see how stupid you are. God, yeah, no, her, this her is... kids are going to be so embarrassed when they're like, "What are you talking about?" Just and also the way they say trans grooming, just normal part of their vocabulary. The way that she referred to her enough as uh, as a man without yeah. even hesitation, like that. The the just the cruelty is so embedded but in how my... they talk. And yeah, and my favorite is not that like she has a, well, this is what TERFs do, right? Is sort of like, I mean, again, I don't even know if you would apply TERF because she's mad at the feminists, any kind of like feminist messaging as well. But still, it's not that she's mad there's a trans person. She's mad that um, you're basically you're taking roles away from cis women. Like effectively, that's her argument. Like she's like, and like, you know, little girls, haven't they? They need more protagonists. She's like, oh my God. I, I mean, the because I mentioned Bud Light also. I mean, I be, yeah. part of it is, first of all, they may, I have a feeling considering it's Greta Gerwig, by the way, like that's the other thing. You know, Greta Gerwig directed this. So what are you expecting out of this? Like, yeah, they have no is, idea who that is. They have no idea who that is. <laughs> Uh, and also it's like whatever you want is going to be boring it's not going to be fun exactly Don't you understand 
Like you, you all can make propaganda, but your art generally sucks. The right is not good at making you, art. They're terrible. It'd be like Barbie, you know, is gonna be like, okay, well, before we go to the beach, let's pray. It's like this is You're like ugh. It's like no. how you know, uh, you know, Christian rock music. It's like it's about the same thing. It's always about the same thing. At least with gospel music, there's there's some there's power in it, and the, the yes. singing and the history and the traditions it comes from. Christian rock me like you're not doing you just it's just gonna be Jesus all the time. Give the me a new angle. Christian rock. I know. No, I it's so true. Like you do it. Why don't why don't we just play? Yeah. I mean, if the Daily Wire, they have a production studio, they mostly their scripts are about Hunter Biden, uh, the Biden crime family. But it's like, why don't you try? Here's all the money, do like a hit and see if it's good. <laughs> guarantee you and we know this because we see greg gutfeld try to like do monologue jokes pretty much every single night i wonder if those writers are on strike they're probably not because they're not actually writers they're like his nephews trying to put things into chat gpt and get a joke anyway okay that's contestant number one here for number two oh my god marjorie green is in a rap music video take a look transgender surgeries sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children mtg magazine vp mtg magazine vp if you're listening marjorie green is sitting on um a gold spray painted uh styrofoam throne uh she is got her legs crossed and sunglasses and just shaking her head oh some foo lions that's cute MTG Magazine VP. MTG Magazine VP. Democrats get back. Boom. Reporters even get slapped. They're spreading all these rumors because Marjorie be spitting big facts. Deep state in the left always hating. When they gonna let Joe up out that basement? Oh, hating basement. They let his ass up when he won the election. <laughs> Dumb fuck. Marjorie, I really love what you do. Keep calling Ronald's out. No one does it better than you. Okay, okay. Who she... is this rapper? Who is this? Why I don't you... know, Paige. Who's this rapper? I don't even fucking know. They got I... a rapper on the I payroll. <laughs> I mean, to me, so far, that's the leading candidate because the first one is just so par for the chorus. Do you sure, know what I mean? Sure. This is like whenever, I mean, regardless she's of a, your politics, she's a congressperson. White people in rap music, high percentage of cringe. Most likely, <laughs> right? There are exceptions, but most likely you're, you're going to cringe. Yeah, absolutely. And was, okay. And it, this felt like a parody, but it wasn't. It's was real. No, that's really her. Uh, there it is. Um, adding the final, uh, final contender, um, Jesse Waters has now moved into the 8 p.m. slot in at Fox News, and his mother called in on his first day on the air and basically proceeded to, uh. She, wag her finger at him because she's a Democrat and she doesn't really like what they do at Fox News. Take a look. Very special guest on the line, a Democrat, my mom. Mom, hello how there, have you... Jesse. Hello there, mom. <laughs> how have you um, enjoyed the show so far? I have enjoyed the show. I want to say congratulations, Honey Bun. We are so proud of you <laughs> and your accomplishments. You. And you've worked so hard. Now let's aim to have you keep your job. And 
to that end, I do have some suggestions. Okay. Do not tumble into any conspiracy rabbit holes. We do not want to lose you, and we want no lawsuits. Okay. Okay. We don't want to lose you. And we don't want lawsuits. Yeah. Keeping, I, I have a list here. In keeping okay. with the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. We need you to be kind and respectful. Okay. You yourself mentioned that humble is a stretch, so I, I get that. <laughs> Use your voice responsibly to promote conversation that maintains a narrative thread. There, there really has been enough Biden bashing, and the laptop is old. Perhaps. And the laptop is old. That's my favorite. You could suggest that your people take less interest, for example, in other people's bodies and talk about that. Well, wait, 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 wait. We're trying to keep other people's interests away from children's bodies. That was the point of that segment. Mom, I, I, I love you. Wait, I was, wait, wait. Uh, I think there is more, but this, we don't have this that. This is what they just... do. They cut off the liberals whenever they're about to tell Even his own mom. He's like, ah, and cut her mic. Cut her mic. I mean, that's that's the love, the unconditional love of a parent to be like, we watched the show. We're very proud of you for doing the devil's work. And <laughs> you work really hard and you Someone sold your had... soul for something. <laughs> Just absolutely. You know, the devil's uh, a very big, powerful man, you know, and someone's got to be his right hand stooge. I guess that's you. Um, that <laughs> to me, like, first of all, as a new parent, like, can you imagine a worse fate than your child being the head mouthpiece on Fox News? I mean, I get... I, it's close to that or being a stand-up comic. It's, it's, <laughs> it's between those two. We need children in STEM. Children in STEM. We're going to be the Asian parents <laughs> that, all, we, that we define. Let, let's be honest. Uh, our parents were right. Sorry. They were right. <laughs> Should have listened. What am I doing? <laughs> All right, which one wins in your book? Marjorie Green. Oh, Marjorie. God. <laughs> MTG is an MVP. Kurt, that's Kurt Jantz, who goes by the name Forgiato Blow. Forgiato Blow. Is that Italian? I don't know what, what it is. Forgiato. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's leading. But I just have to say, like, Jesse Waters' mom. The fact yep. that your own mom is like, God damn it. I raised you better than this. And I'm going to be live on air, shoot her shot, say what she needs to say. Stop with the Biden bashing. The laptop is old, you know, and he's such a massive piece. Of, it reminds me of like Stephen Miller, you know, like what did his parents do wrong? It's yeah. right, right, right. So I, that to me is my I mean, Marjorie, I expect this bullshit from her. I mean, I, I didn't find it cringy because it was almost like I was watching an intervention that needed to happen. I just didn't <laughs> think it would happen on air. You know, it, like it didn't hurt my ears. It didn't make me wince. It was right. just like, uh, yeah, somebody's talking to talking. To your, you got talking to your son. I mean, when she was talking about using your voice responsibly, that's when he starts rubbing his temples. Ugh, <gasps> using my voice. I just want to read mom. what's in front of me. <laughs> Hari Kondabolu, thank you so much for oh, being friend, here. Yes. You're wonderful. Um, where can people find you? In in person, mm. perhaps? 
Well, I'm not going to be touring until later in the fall, but you can find out where I'm touring by going to hurrykundabolu.com or follow me at hurrykundabolu on Instagram. Mm. Uh, I, I guess Facebook. I don't know. Really, it's Instagram at this point. Let's do Threads, Instagram. I don't really want to use it. I haven't used it that much. Um, and I have a special out called Vacation Baby that's available for free on YouTube. And it's about me and my partner having a baby during the pandemic. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Um, I, I have queued it up and I'm very, very happy and just so honored that you came through. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Be well. Everybody go catch Ari in person. Uh, and thank you all for being here. Um, and for all of your sweet, sweet comments. And oh, my goodness. I'm going to read some comments and then get the hell out of here. Uh, let's before we bring in the fart song, let's just read TMAC420 on YouTube's is Franny. My wife and I love you. My wife, love you so much. Keep it going, girl. Uh, love you too. Thank you. Uh, broke Moralist, I was looking for fanny packs at Walmart last night, but will instead be waiting patiently for the franny pack release. Okay, okay. Let's do it. They're going to have Frantifa on them, so oh, they'll be cute. They're going to be very wearable. Very. Uh, it's not festival season. I miss that. But um, Marianne and JFK Jr. in the same lane, 100%. Uh, yeah, RFK Jr., but yeah. Uh, CIA killed Bobby Kennedy. Sirhan was a patsy. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't read your name. Damn it. Um, because it is what it is. Thank you so much for your super chat. Thank you, Francesca, for being you. Thank you. And welcome, um, Jolizaya Lecchio Johnson. Uh, welcome to being a new member here on YouTube. You can watch back all the bonus episodes. Thanks so much. Um, Bad Lefty on YouTube says, Tom Cruise has been mostly AI for a while, methinks. This is true. Um, uh, Donald James on YouTube, Ron gets it. Pitch, pitchforks are coming. That's why the rich are building cop city. Yo. I mean, honestly, um, who, uh, who be in scarf dragon on Twitch says, send him in as Hellboy or Vincent and them runny eggs on Twitch. Can't all the actors and writers on strike come together and start a new network streaming service and put these dicks out on the curb or, um, or is IP killing that idea? I mean, it's, it's about running the platform, right? It's about actually the actual streaming service. But I, I don't think that's a terrible idea. I mean, I think as this strike continues, which it feels like it will, even though it is only day four of the SAG strike, um, we might start to see those kinds of creative ideas being floated. Um, John G., thanks so much for becoming a new member. Uh, and then, oh, my God, Joel Elizaya Lecchio Johnson just gave a super chat. Thanks so much. Uh, Joel, oh, Joel, Joel, Joel Izan. I can, I'm gonna have to slow that down. Joel Izaya. God, that's beautiful. Um, love, sending love right back at you. Um, Dr. Doom, I think a successful UPS strike would be far more consequential. Eh, arguably, but we are gonna be speaking about the UPS strike next week. So stay tuned. Uh, thank you so much, Progressive Boomer, for becoming a new member. Um, Luddite11 on Twitch. Now you can really not feel bad about uh, pirating everything. Agreed. We pirated everything on Apple TV. I'm sorry. I don't watch Ted Lasso, but Severance, that's all pirated. Um, let's see. Soul Life on YouTube. They're using the word Trans-Tifa now. They are. Oh, so fun. Just, just top tier bullshit uh and with that you guys i just want to say that 
Oh no, I'm gonna say this with a fucking fart song because this is about that time. Oh. Thank you, everybody, all the super chatters, you beautiful human beings. And thank you especially to the new patrons. We have just hit 350 patrons, which is really big for this show and means a whole lot. We do have a goal on the Patreon. We're far from reaching the goal, but with your help, we can get there. Um, new patron, $10. Got this shout out. Matt C just became a patron. Thank you so, so much. Also, a new patron at $10, Richard J. Thank you so, 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 so much. And they're joining Eric D. Eric DK, JD, or J Dennis. I can just read people's names, right? Superman Mustache. I assume that's not your real name. And Jim Blanton upped your pledge. Thank you so, 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 so much. You guys are wonderful. And we've got a bunch of $5 patrons. So, mwah, 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 mwah. Send you guys so much love. Um, no big tippers this week, but over on Twitch. Hey, we got to start this song back up, buddy. Let's, let's do it again. Over on Twitch, uh, thanking Paper Dragon for subscribing. Thank Rhiannolin86 for gifting a one-month tier one sub. Rosalba for resubscribing with Prime. And Rhiannolin for gifting another sub. Thank you so much. Also, Mothership Downward for subscribing at tier one. Calm Like a Bomb, bomb resubscribing at tier one. You guys are wonderful. Mm. And thanks so much to Paige Omak, to Maximilian Inhoff, to Andy Vasoyan, who edits this show. We stream every Tuesday and Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on all the socials. Uh, we have a new Instagram account. Um, it's Bituation Room on, uh, I'm just going to double check. <laughs> like, what is it again? It is uh, Bituation Room on Instagram and Bituation Room on TikTok. Um, as well as Bituation Pod on Twitter. We are not on threads as of yet, but we'll be posting a bunch of clips there. So please follow, engage, and, uh, you know, all the fun shit that you missed or want to rewatch. Love y'all. Remember to fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy, especially those fucking studios. And don't just bitch about it. Join a picket line. <laughs>